Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to Friday. Clark and I are here on the podcast, jumping into the book of Philippians. Uh, excited about it. Mm-hmm. Finished up Hebrews, was really blessed by that with you guys. And now looking forward to learning from what Paul had to say to the church in Philippi. So before we get started, Clark, trivia. Oh, give it to me. I'm kidding. I don't have any trivia. But I knew you get excited about Darn it. it. I like uh, trivia. Uh, oh, actually, no, never mind. I was going to reference, uh, we play this game sometimes, you guys. It's just family feud cards. Mm-hmm that we read through with the kids and then have them guess like, okay, so like, what's the most popular? What? Oh, maybe. Okay. I'll, I'll do this one. What was the most popular item? Hey, oh, Cruz. Hey, Cruz is here too, you guys. <laughs> or top five items that you put on top of food. Do you know the most popular one or the second one? I have it memorized. Ketchup is number one. Do you remember the Salt. next one? No. Pepper. If you think, Back home, like a Midwesterner. Ranch. <laughs> I'll give you one more guess. It's a pretty, if you make this, I feel like you're like the the matriarch of the family. If you make this during Thanksgiving. Some kind of whipped cream? I love that that's how you, no. But you would be the matriarch in my family because I love making homemade whipping cream. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, come here. Gravy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I feel like it's, you know, if you're the person that brings the gravy, like you, you know, tricks. Oh, I know. Okay. Anyway, we're in the book of Philippians chapter one, you guys. There you go. All right. So for me right away, what, what stood out was verse five, talking about the partnership that Paul had with a number of people um, in the church. And so if you'll notice in Paul's writings, when he is ending his writings often, he will say, and give my greetings to and he will list off a bunch of names. And so um, when I think about the partnership with the gospel, I'm just realized how big the church is and how we all have gifts and skills and that at the end of the day, I cannot do this by myself, like in terms of raising a family or leading a group, let alone leading a church. Mm-hmm. And so I was just thinking through Paul and how he partnered with Timothy and Barnabas and Silas and all these different people, which allowed letters to be written which allowed the gospel to go to all different places and regions of the earth. And so I just started thinking about who are partners in the gospel with me and who do I partner with? Hmm. And some of the names that came through right away was Erasmo. Erasmo has been coming to church steadily for months now. That guy's on fire. He's probably listening to the podcast right now. He's part of my Tuesday night group. Mm -hmm. He's evangelizing the guys at work who are totally punks to him. Um, I, I think mm. about the Palmers. Doug and Christy Palmer at Trunk or Treat were a crack up. They were dressed up like Joseph and Mary, and they had a baby Jesus stuffy. But watching <laughs> Doug and Christy engage the crowd, 3,000 people come through the line talking like about their costumes mm. and how they're doing, and then when it's appropriate and as the Spirit leads, inviting people to couples ministry. Mm. Like they're the real deal. They are meeting mm. people organically in their. Um, context and then who they are on Friday night is who they are on Sunday. So hmm. partners in the faith. Yeah. Think about Niasia. I feel like Niasia, who's our worship leader at our church, but mm-hmm. also leads in our Tuesday night group. If I'd use the basketball analogy, she's a partner that is beginning to see the court 
watching mm-hmm. her on Sundays and on Tuesday night, like see the new, the new person and goes right. and, and touches base. Like, Hey, what's mm-hmm. your name? I'm Naysia. Come to my group. You know, mm-hmm. want to grab a coffee, blah, blah, blah. With the ladies there. Mm-hmm. She's seeing it. I think about our family, people who are, are following Jesus together. And we're trying to figure that out right now. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, again, it's just, it's not my job. It's a calling, but a partnership is required to do this because I can't do this by myself. Yeah. I need other people. We need the team. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for the team. So mm-hmm. I don't know what, what's coming to your mind. Yeah, well, as you just talked to, like one of the reasons why we need that is because God's gifted us all in just really diverse and unique ways. And so there's just straight up stuff that like I can't do that Clark can do. And the beauty of that is, you know, God made us different, but in, different in many ways, like you know, male gravy. and female, uh, but then just other gifts too. And so grateful for all those names that you list stuff. That was really fun. What stuck out to me just in the initial chunk here is verse six. It sounds like this being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it into completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And so Paul's thanking God, thanking his partners. Um, I guess I'll read verse five to give context to because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this verse six, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion. And so why I love that is number one, so often when you, um, when you accept, you know, this gift of grace from the Lord and you step in and you're saying, okay, I'm, you know, I believe I'm going to walk with the Lord. Sometimes there's this temptation towards self-righteousness or maybe a type of legalism for like, Hey, this is what I, this is not helpful, Cruz. This is not helpful. <laughs> what I love about this verse is that it just really speaks straight to like kind of that issue of self-righteousness and saying like, no, it, it's not what you're doing. It's not what you're doing for yourself. It's not what you're doing for the kingdom. No, no, no. God's doing it all. And he's going to continue doing that as you walk out your days on earth until he consummates it at the end. And so literally it's, it's all the Lord. And so that's, this is not a passive relationship. We are active in our relationship with the Lord, how we're positioning ourselves near him, how we're drawing near, how we're, oh my goodness, how we want to abide. That's 110%, you know, an active thing. This isn't just a passive relationship. And at the same time, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the transforming work of the Lord. It's not something that we're doing. And so loved loved that in verse six. Um, as we march through the chapter here, Paul just kind of calls us like calls it like it is here. Clark, did you have something to say before, before verses 14 or well, yeah, 12? I was just thinking about verse yeah. six as I wrestle my child. Oh, you here. were too. Okay. Um, <laughs> was this the process of, of this? Hmm. Uh, and I, we just read Hebrews last week, and I'm thinking about yeah. how over a lifetime these people were called to faith, mm-hmm. and how you know God began this story, He's working this story out, and He's going to bring it, uh, this story to completion for us as right. individuals, as families, mm-hmm. but ultimately as like this meta narrative, the story of God, and how you play yeah. an important role in it, and we all do. Mm. And how when it comes to this process, some of the things God calls us to, when He calls us to be faithful we might not see the fruit of that, this side of heaven. And that can be kind of discouraging. I was thinking about Abraham and Moses and Elijah and pretty much all the prophets who had eventually died, not seeing the Messiah come, not seeing Israel thrive, instead go off to captivity in Babylon. 
And God commends them because he says, I'm calling you to obedience and faithfulness regardless of your circumstances and regardless of what's happening in the world. Mm. And trust that I'm, I'm doing something and I'm at work right now. Mm. And so when I read Philippians 1 verse 6 talking about how God's going to continue working out this story yeah. and he is going to bring it about to completion, that just gives me a lot of hope on days where I cannot make sense of what is happening in this world or my life. Yeah. It's like, thank you, God, that, that you have a plan and I trust that you really are good. And that you're at work. Because um, there probably is some confusion going on right now with Paul and just like him being in, ja- in chains, then him being oh, imprisoned, and then even what's going on with the church too. So they've got like people that are preaching Christ mm-hmm. with, you know, just unpure motive. They're, yeah. they're kind of preaching this message. So right now I'm talking about verse 15, 16, 17, yeah, 18. And so what's going on is Paul's in chains and people are speaking, preaching the gospel. And what ends up, what you end up hearing though, is that Paul's okay with it. So verse 18 sounds like this, but what does it matter? The important thing that (laughs) is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised by that. Well, I think this is one of those great instances where you have to read the verse in the context of the chapter, the chapter in context of the book, and the book in, in the context of the Bible. Because, you know, Paul's celebrating people preaching Christ for whatever reason at the time. Mm-hmm. And I would say, though, while you celebrate Jesus is being preached, whatever the motivation is, within the context of the scriptures, theology is important. Like, representing who God is is important. Oh, no. Well, that's the utmost. Because So that's yeah. what, it, when you do a little digging here, like, so when we looked up, it, what Paul is saying is like, hey... I don't know your heart. It doesn't look like you have great motives, but I don't know your heart, but God does know your heart. And Christ is being preached. And here's the thing. Your doctrine is true. Mm -hmm. And so I'll rejoice in that. And Paul talks about that in Galatians also, essentially where he's saying like, as long as the true gospel is being preached, well then amen for that. But if you're going to preach some false gospel, well, I'm not going to stand for that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just an interesting little factoid there going on. Okay, these people, you know, are, may have selfish motives and, and God's going to deal with them. But because they're preaching a true gospel, I'm going to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that because, you know, today, sometimes we have lots of false teaching. Like we got teaching flying around all over the place. It's like, okay, yeah. that's not helpful. Well, we're so content saturated Oh, information, information, information. Information's everywhere. Yes. It's easily accessible. It's a click. There's a link. There's so many podcasts, so many sermons, so many YouTube totally. clips. It's But it's what's true, what's helpful, what's anointed by the Spirit. Um, where is their fruit of the Spirit? These hmm. are the things that you got to pay attention to hmm. and just trust as we're faithful to the Scriptures and faithful to like the true character of God. He's going to yeah. work, whether it's at a really humble level, you know, family to family, person to person, local right. church, or, you know, at a global level where he uses the ministry of the church to touch thousands, if not millions all mm-hmm. over the place. But yeah. So that was fun to read. Yeah, I, I think what? for sure. Can I backtrack just a tad? Sorry, oh, when I was re- wrestling cruise, <laughs> I, I missed verses nine through 11. You're messing up my flow. Okay, Sorry. Fine. Um, yes, one please. of the things I was challenged by looking at this chapter was to continue to um, upgrade my prayers or raise the standard for my prayers. And okay. it's not that, we're like the Pharisees and we say big, fancy words, theologically deep and rich. It's like mm. no, praying earnestly from your heart. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we will pray. We're tempted to pray the prayer we've always prayed. 
and we've got the prayer yeah. memorized and it's on repeat and we just pray it because we, we've done, you know, I think of sometimes at dinner time and we're just like trying to get there. Yeah, you we know, talked about this. Thank yeah. you, God, for our food. Thank you, God, for our food. Amen. Um, where here he's praying, I think like a kingdom prayer, a bigger prayer. Where, it's where very, are you? Verses nine through 11. Okay. And he says, this is my prayer mm-hmm. that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. Yeah. So that you can discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Fill with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and praise of God. So I think especially Paul's prayers and oh, Galatians, yeah. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, um, are really powerful, and they're, they're kingdom-sized prayers. And so mm-hmm, I've been trying mm-hmm. to implement that when I pray, like yeah. especially out of Ephesians. Like, God, open the eyes of our hearts so that we could be enlightened to like the, mm-hmm. the way of Jesus mm-hmm. and the, the power of the kingdom, these kind of things. And so I just want to encourage you, pray and be honest and be true. Don't feel like you have to be anybody else or have to have deep, sophisticated yeah. Um, thoughtful words, but just be earnest and pray and connect with God. And also, if you're looking to pray something maybe new, pray the scriptures pray and the pray scripture, Paul's yeah. prayers. That like, pray for someone that their love would abound more and more. Pray for Jose, that Jose's love would abound more and more. Yeah. Pray for Sarah, that her knowledge would grow and that the depth of insight would would increase in her. Like, Holy Spirit, I pray for, you know, for uh, Susan, that she would be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And I pray for mark that he would be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from jesus christ to the the praise and the glory of god mm-hmm. that that's what i'm talking about is trying to pray the scriptures more often for myself yeah so anyways i'm glad we didn't skip that that was really rich i don't know about that but that's just you know what i'm being encouraged in um you have anything else at the end of the chapter okay me too verses 27 okay so i have verses 12 and 19 kind of stood out to me hmm. um He's dealing with hardship, and he says in verse 12, what's happening to him is actually served to advance the gospel. What does it look like for us to have that mentality when we bump into hardships and trials and difficult seasons? Whether God um, allowed this to happen in your life or God sent these trials. Again, God can't tempt you to sin. God is not sinful, but God's allowing this difficulty to come up in your life. How can it serve to advance the gospel? How can the conflict in your family serve to advance the gospel? How can that punk kid at school who's being a total jerk to everybody, actually, how can your relationship with him, how can that conversation that's coming serve to advance the gospel? The neighbor that annoys the crap out of you, how could your relationship and your proximity to that person serve to advance the gospel. Thanksgiving is coming up. Christmas is around the corner. How can those things, those um, the get-togethers, the purchasing of material things serve to advance the gospel? I hope you understand where I'm coming from. Paul is using a difficult situation in his life. He's saying, I have a kingdom perspective. How can this serve to advance the gospel? And what happens, too, is that eventually he talks about how he's not sure if he is going to be delivered or, or, or not, you know? Um, verse 19, he says, I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what's happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. So uh, when you read that one verse there, you're thinking, oh, Paul's going to be delivered from what he's going through. But what he says in the next verse is shattering. It's shocking. He says, I expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed. I'll have sufficient courage that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my deliverance whether by life or by death, like kingdom perspective there. 
that whatever we're mm-hmm. going through is going to serve to advance the gospel. Whether my life goes on or I die, mm-hmm. advance the gospel. That, that shift in mentality, that shift in perspective, that reframing is, is really rich and I think mm-hmm. is needed today for all of us, no matter how old or young or whatever circumstance we're in, is just really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. That is really good. I mean, it continues, I feel like even for me, like what you're saying, like the gospel expanding and continuing when he talks about uh, in verse 27 and kind of toward the end, if if, if I'm going to be able to see you again or, you know, whether I see you again or not, conduct yourselves worthy um, of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck out to me. I think that's something that we, like the language we use in our house sometimes is like, hey, let's, we want to honor God. We want to honor God with, you know, how we talk to each other. So, you know, what do we need to do here? Um, if there was just like a tiff or something, what do we need to do here to make this right and to honor God? And so what came, as I looked up just, you know, different trans, the ESV says um, your manner of life. Um, I think, I think it was the NLT it talks about how um, really the word conduct, the root of it there is, is like citizenship. And how really like how you live should reflect how you're a citizen of heaven. And that's like where our allegiance really lies. And so I just kind of broke down like in my head, just really quick, like this wasn't a huge activity, but just where I spend most of my life, my time, but even my thought space, um, then my physical space, like where am I actually during the day? And and, you know, what does that look like? How am I conducting myself? Am, am I living as a, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? Because that can be confusing. Like Clark was talking about earlier in the podcast, like people who partner with the gospel and how it's obvious. Like you look at their life and you're, I, I'm blessed. Like, wow, thank you for doing like that. That's a gift to me. And so I think that was just a call for a little bit of repentance here, maybe examination. Um, what does that look like for my life? Like what, what do my social media posts look like? What does my time at my lunch break look like? What does my, you know, conversation, maybe when I'm disciplining, like, is that, is that love? What does that look like? Is that me, you know, representing and being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? Uh, A quick story. I read a book, can't, can't remember the book years ago, but it was talking about how this woman who um, just did not fit the mold of a quote unquote church person went to a church in New York city and met with the pastor uh, and his wife. And they ended up having a conversation and uh, they invited her over and they had dinner together and she was, had been hurt by the church in the past. So she was a little nervous about going, ended up going and um, she continues to go to church. She's not sure what she thinks about Jesus because of this meal. And the reason why was because they sat down together to eat. And the prayer before the meal was the pastor, um, this husband and wife team, going through and repenting through their day and saying, God, God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me for. God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me for. God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me for. Holy Spirit, help me believe in your rich forgiveness and help me live empowered um, to not return to that today. Um, How I've sinned against my wife, how I've sinned against God. And it was in that moment, him living a life worthy of the gospel in that small prayer. It wasn't him preaching on Sunday morning. It wasn't him conducting himself out in public. It was a private moment that he was surrendering to the kingdom, living a life worthy of the gospel. Anyway, 
that's where I'm at today, just kind of holding that and thinking like, okay, so Paul's saying like, whether I see you or not, whether this is like a happy celebration, you know, wherever we are, continue um, to live a life worthy of the calling of the gospel. And so I'm encouraged in that. All right, friends, thanks for listening to us. So hope you'll consider checking us out online or even better in person. All right, 9, 10, 30, noon, 6 p.m. Hope to see you then. God bless you. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.